games and you ain't getting angry and you're laughing and joking and not turning up for training and doing this and doing that this means so much to me I can't do this anymore because they're not going to change you know what I mean so I need to go down a different road Hey guys, it's producer Ross here and welcome back to another edition of Ross Meets, the series where I catch up with former town players to talk about their careers from the ups to the downs and everything in between. And here we are, episode 15 of the series so far. 15 different guests. Crazy. Hopefully many more to come. I want to say a big thank you to everybody who has listened to the previous episode. It's been a pleasure to bring you these guys and let me know at Ross Media UK on Twitter and Instagram. Which episode has been your favourite so far? It could be this one. It's time to introduce today's guest, which is former town midfielder Owen Garvin. One absolute pleasure it was to speak to Owen about his time at Porton Road and his career as a whole. It's also good to hear what he's up to now. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's get right into the episode. I don't want to ramble on as I normally do. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's play that play button. Enjoy, guys. Now, Owen, did you always want to play football? Is that something you always wanted to do? Yeah, it was. It, it, it's funny because I think I've, I've taken football really serious probably since around 10 years old. Yeah. Like, too serious probably yeah. for, for like a 10-year-old really. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever since lads started going away uh, from trial, because over in Ireland, you know, once you hit 10, 10 to 12, a lot of lads start going across to England getting trials with you know, Man United and Liverpool. And that's when the really kind of took off the lads are going away and they're coming back and they're telling stories and I wasn't going away in too many trials really and the first one I ever well I wasn't say the first one I ever went was um, was Ipswich and I went on a tree Ipswich Celtic and Notch Forest with a tree I went to but I kind of just when I went to Ipswich I just kind of had a connection there I liked the place I liked the training ground people were very friendly uh, obviously I was still very young at the time but I kind of knew if they offered me a contract that that would be the one I go to I wouldn't think about it any, anywhere else and thankfully after I think probably the third time of being over uh, in the space of a year or two they, they they offered me a deal and that was it I packed my bags and went over when I was 15 yeah of course you're you know your father was a big big person involved in your career you know you're beginning at home farm you know what was that sort of like you know that's well known for you know I've yeah. spoken to Shane Shane Supple and some other players who who sort of started their career there how was that for you I, I didn't know any different really yeah. because you know my dad was my manager since I was seven eight years old <laughs> so I kind of just kind of grew up with him kind of uh, he, he never really gave out to me it was more the other way around I was the one giving out to him so um that's just that was kind of my personality. Whenever I played football, I used to kind of I was very vocal. I don't know whether people watching the games would probably see that on on a Saturday. And I've kind of ever ever since a young age, I kind of took that with me, just trying to get the the best out of myself and trying to get the best out of the team to kind of win win a match. Uh, but no, he was obviously you know he brought you to the games. He, he picked the team, and thankfully he picked me in the team. You know so. Uh, no, I started off as a, as as a striker originally, and then kind of maybe I lacked a bit of pace up front, yeah. so I kind of moved back into midfield, really. And um, how how was it going moving over to to England? You know, is that something you definitely wanted to do? Yeah, yeah. Well, I a lot of the lads might be a very good team as uh, uh, growing up over in Ireland, and I think ten of them ended up leaving Ireland, going going to England and Scotland, and. And I was a bit younger, even though I was playing in that group. So they all went a year before me, and I got very frustrated because the next team weren't as good. Because obviously, all the lads, all the, the better players had left. So as soon as I saw all them going, I was just trying to see out the year, get me across, get me across. And I remember them Ipswich were saying, "Wait till you're 16." And I was like, "No, I'll, I'll come over now. I want to come over now." And I was, I was keen to get across and try to try to just improve because over there you're training every day while back in Ireland you're only doing a, a, tu- a Tuesday and a Thursday night so you're only training for two hours while over there it's a full time setup and you, and that's what I wanted to do as I said I've spoken to a few Irish players before and I sort of asked them how was it you know coming over to England you know did you get homesick or was it just you knew you wanted to be a footballer and you know you had to sort of ignore that and just crack on yeah that's it I actually watched uh, 
Craig Bellamy kind of on Sky Sports talking about when he went down to Norwich all the way from right from Wales and he was like felt like he was kind of stuck there because he was it was great when the football kind of like when he was training and all that but it was hard when you finished training at probably two three o'clock because all the all the local lads either that lived in Cambridge or London they could just go home to their families while I was remember staying in a digs with. 11 lads all like like little single rooms together so that that was tough but the football end of it I absolutely loved got into a lot of rows and uh, with a lot lot of my teammates with my coaches but I just thought I just thought it was you know I wanted to win and I wanted everybody to have the same passion and and I think it kind of you know people kind of dragged each other along especially with that youth team you know obviously you haven't having that success it was it was great it was great for the club and something that I was kind of disappointed disappointed that not more of the lads could have yeah. stayed could have went through and been in the first team and stayed in the first team a lot of lads probably got 10 15 games and never really stayed there for five ten years and that that's probably a disappointment from that team really is um, there's actually another player I spoke to him recently was the the captain of that team, Liam Craig, and he he spoke about his disappointment of not playing for Ipswich first team, but of course he's gone on to do well yeah, for himself in Scotland. That's it. In fairness, a lot of the lads they've all gone on and had kind of good careers, most of them. But it was just a pity that not enough of them had an attitude, and with whether it was the manager or whether it wasn't put in place that you should stay with these players. I do think sometimes when young lads come through and if they're not playing in the first team at 18 and 19, people think, oh, well, they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. While some players, you know, if you give them another, if you stick with them for another year or two, they've shown elsewhere they've gone and they've come back and played at, at, at the same level. Yeah. So it was just a pity, the circumstances and a bit of luck in football as well. Yeah. Talking about the, you know, the Youth Cup final, you, of course, missed the second leg and, you know, because you had the infection, you know, being ill. Also, how did that sort of come about and how were you feeling during that time? And of course, not great because you weren't able to play, but everything. No, I was in, I was in the Ipswich Hospital and uh, I can't remember, where, where was it? In Kersgrave, really. So I just remember listening to the, listening to the game on, on the on the radio because mm-hmm. uh, there was no tellies in the place. Yeah. And I was just there by myself and I was just kind of, you know, it's hard, hard to know what's really going on when you listen to the radio and obviously, you know, the kind of the drama of it all yeah. going to extra time and then towards the end just hoping the, the ref would, would blow the whistle and um, obviously I wasn't feeling great myself but it was great, great for the other lads because I saw all the hard work uh, they put in, you know, going, going on the coach down to, you know, beating Tottenham and obviously playing against that Southampton team in, in, in the final, you know, so it was a long road and all the lads wanted wanted it really, really badly and and thankfully, thankfully done, we done enough on the night and, you know, uh, young Ed Upson, you know, so I think it was his first first minutes in, yeah. in, the, in the whole thing, he came on as a young lad and, and scored the goal, so it was great for him as well. Do you think you could have, that could have been your moment? You played. No, because I wasn't a prolific goal scorer. Yeah. I think I could have helped the team. I was yeah. looking at my my stats there. I don't think I scored enough goals, even for in my whole career, and even yeah. even for uh, for Richard as well. But obviously, I thought thought I could have helped the team, mm. and uh, and it, it was a tight game, you know. And obviously, Southampton, with looking back now with the names they had in the team, you know, they've all gone on to have really good careers as well. As well. Yeah. Then uh, going on to you know the following season. You got handed your your first team debut under Joe Raw. What was Joe like as a manager? Joe was great for me because he had a lot of experience. He was an older kind of. He'd been around the block for so long, and um, you know he, he knew he knew how to to uh, to go about me. You know what I mean? He just kind of let me get on. He saw me passion. He, he just kind of threw me in. And I, I was kind of lucky in a way because the year before it just didn't get promoted and. They sold a lot of their players. I think Darren Bent went, Tommy Miller went in midfield, uh, somebody, somebody else went as well, maybe Shefki Cucci went as well. So there, there was a gap opening and thankfully he, he saw that I'd done well the year before and just didn't really have to he didn't really have to say much. He just kinda of let me get on with he kinda of trusted me as well and just kinda of, uh, go ahead and and kept me in the team, which is the most important. If a manager pitch on a Saturday, that's you know, that's what you want, really. Yeah. What's your memories of your, your debut? Of course, a 17-year-old lad, 
you know, you're making a full debut as well. You're not like coming off the bench. You're actually starting yeah. the game. Yeah, I kind of remember not having a good pre-season and then just kind of thinking it'd be all right on the day. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, no, what I remember was I I, I, I played quite well. We we uh, we won the game. I think it might have been 1-0. Mm-hmm. And maybe got a bit carried away thinking, you know, all I remember is I think I said to my brother afterwards, you know, you know, top of the table now, you know, we're going to get promoted. <laughs> um, that was just funny because I'm only 17, you know, just new to the thing and obviously... I uh, uh, brought back to reality over the next little while, and unfortunately, that's that was the kind of problem with it. We were just we were the nearly men, really nearly getting into the playoffs, missing out by a, a point or two on, on one or two seasons. Yeah. Do you, you know, what's, what's your memories from that first season? You know, of course, we weren't the greatest position, but for you, your first senior season at a club, how was that? Yeah, it, it, it was just really getting used to like professional football coming up against proper men you know I was only 17 I didn't I didn't weigh weigh, weigh a lot you know and I just kind of remember going to these stadiums that I've never been at going to like Loftus Road Experience Ellen Road as well all like great great grounds to go to and just trying to feel my way into what professional football is really, really like I watched the clip the other day and I remember thinking I'm not 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 in a good position here, you know. But I'd only know that a few years later because I was just getting more used to the game, really. But I was glad Joe kept me in the team, and we managed to we managed to uh, win enough games. And and kind of kind of at that stage, we didn't have a lot of money, so kind of mid table was kind of acceptable, really. Yeah. Must have been you know good for you having like say Shane Shane Supple, of course. He he yeah, broke through to the first team that season as well, and stuff like that. It must have been good. Yeah, to be honest, all, all the lads that kind of broke through, you know, they all, like uh, that year kind of um, went on and played a few games, especially with Shane. I remember him is making his debut, I think it was Leicester away, yeah, might have yeah. been an injury, and came on as if, you know, he'd been playing for years and ended up staying in the team because he was he was vital for the team and the U team as well. And it was just like, okay, that's, that's him in the team now, you know. Um, yeah, so he's done really well. Yeah. In terms of your, your your first goal for the club, just before we go on to the next season, you know, as against Southampton, so that must have been a nice little extra thing. Can you remember much from that that goal? Yeah, yeah, I can remember, I can remember again. I'm probably bringing it back to my same brother uh, <laughs> on my debut. He said, he's like, you scored against a good goalkeeper, you know, and I, cause I remember at the time it was Anthony Amy was in the goal and he was talked about going to really big clubs and I never scored either so um, I think you can tell by the reaction on my face you know and big Jason DeVos getting me in a headlock you know um, and me only being 17 years old so I absolutely I absolutely loved it and that, that was probably the most you know the happiest I've been scoring, scoring my first goal because I wasn't one for big celebrations after scoring goal but the first one was a meant a lot to me of course you went on to score another two that season in that game against Leicester you know when Shane was playing and some other other you know you then scored against Millwall you actually scored in back-to-back weekends that must have been great did it I, can't, yeah. I was trying to figure I was trying to figure I scored 13 goals but yeah. I, was, I can only remember six of them so you brought I can't remember the Leicester one there but the Millwall yeah the Millwall goal was similar enough I remember that was a shot from outside the box so uh yeah, it didn't bring me as much excitement as probably the Southampton game, you know. But uh, probably because maybe the Southampton game might have been under lights on a Tuesday night, so it was a bit more special playing at night time at, at Bottom Road. Yeah. Then of course next season came about, and uh, your former teammate in Jim was appointed manager. What, what was your first reaction when you found out? Uh, first reaction, I always liked Jim. I loved, I loved his passion. He absolutely the way he played the game, and and he was. He was the best player I've ever played with. Uh, so, uh, obviously, coming in as manager, I, I wasn't too sure because when somebody else comes in, you don't know what their plans are. But in it, overall, he, he played me in a lot of games and and he tried to play the game the way he played, which kind of helped me he didn't, in the fact that he wanted to play football. And I think in his time... Again, we, we were we were so close one of the seasons, you know, I think a lot of fans I speak to just they loved coming to the home games and we 
when we think we won, we we only lost one home game the whole season, you know, and that's what mainly Ipswich fans thought that season was great at home and really really bad away from home. But yeah, no, we had a, Jim kind of had a successful time, but we just didn't didn't really get there. And uh, you know, he, he was a good manager, and obviously, unfortunately, he left and went on to do well at QPR as well. Yeah, uh, of course, it must have been a bit strange. You know, you're former skipper, now you're manager and stuff. You know, he still played you a lot. You, you know, that is probably where you played the most under his Jim. You know, I've found one season here you played 43 games. That must have been a, a good season for you to play that amount of games. You're now getting a bit older, getting a bit stronger, maybe. Yeah, I didn't know I'd played that amount of games. Yeah, but again, I'm just kind of getting more coming, more experienced now because I played it like you know a couple more seasons and kind of been to the grounds before and kind of used to the games. And and with Jim, obviously, um, he brought in a couple of good players. Brought Tommy Miller back. Brought Pablo. Pablo was very good for the club as well. So we were starting to build a team and we we're getting a certain style that on our day we we we, we could beat the the best teams in the league really. Which um sort of players were you really close to during your you know your few under gym? As in on the pitch, I, I yeah. you know the, the more quality we could bring into the club, and it was just kind of frustrating because obviously at the time Ipswich weren't taking over, and we didn't have we didn't have a lot of money. So a lot of the other clubs up the top, like the Sheffield United, they were spending a lot of money on a lot of experienced players, even the lads who were on the bench were all experienced. Some were in the stands, while with us we just didn't have enough strength and depth and you know Jim had to do a lot of wheeling and dealing and bringing back bringing players that maybe other clubs didn't really want really but again they proved they've done really well you know Pablo was unbelievable at home you know he brought in Gio Dos Santos came in on loan at one stage and done really well and playing playing alongside Tommy Miller was was, uh, was a great experience as well because he was you know, always playing the ball around the corner, getting into the box, trying to score goals. So I think we kind of linked up well because I kind of kind of stayed more back and kind of tried to spread the play. Really, who yeah, was um who was your roommate for the away trips? No one wanted to room with me. I wouldn't have thought, really? to be honest. Uh, no, I wasn't. Uh, I was very, I kind of very focused, kind of just go mm. back to you know, I wasn't messing about lights off half ten game in the morning. Okay. So. Uh, I'll probably be on with Shane probably for most of the time actually mm. that we were there and to be honest Shane as well uh, he was a quiet quieter type of guy no kind of messing about so I, and we both came over from Dublin as well so room for him for most of the time yeah. and of course uh, Jim got the sack and then of course a uh, boyhood hero you uh, came in Roy Keane and um, pointed manager yeah. big big appointment you know what was your first reaction when you, you found out that news good Good in, in in the fact that I thought you know it would bring a lot of publicity to the club. You know, it'd be like you know more focus on the club because at that time it wasn't you know the media weren't talking about it like if it's that much. So I knew with him coming there, maybe he could attract better players. Maybe he could uh, with Marcus kind of spend more money and bring in more quality uh, players. Uh, but it didn't work out. Uh, I, I don't know how long Roy was there, really, but during the spell, there never really got into any sort of rhythm or any sort of form that we win more than back-to-back games, really. Uh, under his period, it was it was very very tough. I think maybe it was the first seventeen games at one stage with the team, and they maybe drew twelve, thirteen of them. So like you, is in one way you kind of think, well, we're not, you know, we're we're in these games, but we're not winning them either, you know. So the team really, really struggled and just didn't get any sort of pattern or play or any kind of mo- momentum uh, under Roy's kind of management. Yeah. What was it? You know, can you remember your first sort of like chat with him when you know when he came in? Because did he have any meetings with you guys in terms of like this is the plan and stuff? You know, he he um, he won his first two sort of dead rubber games, you know, last two games of the season, and then pre-season yeah. hit. Uh, what did he speak to you in pre-season about your his plans for you? No, not really. To be honest, he didn't really want to get get re- a, a relationship with with individuals. Really, I think he kind of saw himself as he's the boss and kind of you just do your work and I just be in the background and just kind of like not really say much. I'll just pick the team and then let you kind of get on with it. So I can't really remember having. 
too much of a relationship of myself, how do I improve, what do I do get better, which way the team should play and that's probably something that I I wanted to have because but I, I learned pretty quick that trying to have a discussion wasn't going to really work really so in the end I think you just have to you, you, I got this got the stage where you just you're employed, you get in, you try your best and you leave and you don't really uh get any personal kind of kind of touch really with it and unfortunately it just didn't work because we didn't get the right results really. Yeah. Of course then you, you alongside a few other players got transfer listed, you know, do you get told about that? Or was that just sort of you know, you know, your agent or something like that just sort of goes, Oh, this is happening no, to be honest, I think everybody, everybody at a football club, you know, are transfer listed. Yeah. Transfer listed in the fact that if, if 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 somebody comes in for a bid, you know, people the club can accept it. Really, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so it was just one of those ones where I remember I had a choice to make on a Thursday. I remember the team was out for the first game of the season with Ipswich and I was starting in the team for Ipswich for the game on Saturday for the first game of the season. But then Crystal Palace came in on the Thursday and I had a decision to make with... I remember going to some of the coaching staff which weren't Roy Keane's coaching staff and having the discussion to say, yes, I'm playing for Ipswich on a Saturday, but is my career going to be here in the long run? And I knew from the previous season and kind of working with Roy that I wasn't at any opportunity if things went wrong, I I would be the one to blame or I would be the one out of the team. So I had a choice to make on the Thursday. Do I go and play for Crystal Palace on the Saturday or do I go and play for Ipswich on the the Saturday? And I just felt it would be better for my career if I kind of get out out into a situation where I thought I'd be able to play regularly and and just thought it was better for me, really. I think I, I read somewhere about you when you know, when when you made your debut for Richard, Jimmy Jilton sort of pointed at your shirt and sort of said, you know, that's you, ten years. You know, I want I want you to be here for ten years and stuff like that. And did you mm. feel you regret that you couldn't do that at the club? Well, no, because I could have done it because I had a contract to do it. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just that sometimes in football, in football, you know. People say you're not loyal and you should stay, but it's very hard to be loyal to a football club where you think, well, I might not be playing every week. You know, I want to play, I want to stay at this football club, but I want to play football as well. So you've got to choose between playing. Um, I know some lads stay at a club for ten years, but they, sometimes they might not play. You know, but for me, I never, I never wanted. Whenever I went off this, I want to stay for for my career. But then I just thought. I'm better off somewhere else, and and I, I think I think it was the right decision. Looking back now, I wouldn't change. I thought it was definitely the right decision because going to Crystal Palace, I experienced so many so many good uh, good moments as well. Before we go on to Crystal Palace, I just want to talk about one one game at which um, I posted. I think a picture of you recently on Instagram. You know the game against Chelsea. You know what's your memories of that? You know Chelsea weren't mucking about that on that day at Stamford Bridge. You know Frank Lampard in the middle, Michael Ballack. You know, what's your memories from that game? My memory was, uh, you know, a few of the lads always put up kind of that photo and I just remember as soon as that photo was happening, I got cramp in my legs. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's why I didn't, that's why I got tackled because I got cramp. But uh, I remember on the day, um, I remember on the day thinking we'd done really well and, you know, I think it was, it was one all. We had probably 15 minutes to go. We kind of went out there to kind of nothing to lose type of way, and uh, I think we hadn't. We we have to hold our hands up because the two goals that the, that Chelsea scored, they were both free kicks. One was from one was the best free kick I've ever seen, yeah. um, the best goal I've probably ever seen. So like you got to hold your hands up and go. Listen, can't do anything about it. It's a free kick from thirty five yards. And sometimes you got to go, well, listen, that's going to win football games. So, obviously disappointing because you're in the FA Cup and, you know, you, you only have to win probably five games to get to the final of the FA Cup. But on that day, two free kicks won the game and they were both from 
One was from a World Cup winner and one was from the all-time midfielder top uh, in the Premiership uh, goal scorer for Chelsea. So it was disappointing, but we, we gave a good account of ourselves. Yeah. Then um, you moved to Chris Palace and came about George Burley, of course, the legendary town manager here. Um, he then got he brought you to Palace. Uh, what was George like? Did you was that one of the big things for you? You know, did you know much yeah. about George? Well, sometimes in football, you know, you've got to look at a manager and think, will I go to this club or will I go to that club? And you mm-hmm. think, well, what what has the manager been like for the last twenty, thirty years? What's his type of style? Will he play you more often or not? And and with George, I knew from the get go that he's going to play a certain style and more often than not, I'll be in the team. And that's what you want as a footballer. You want a manager to be like, he wants you, He want, he's going to play you every every week, you know. So as soon as he came in and unfortunately that was the, that was the problem on the Thursday, do I go somewhere where a manager I know wants me and wants to play me every week or do I kind of stay and a manager might play me one week and not play me next week and that's why I went, there, went with George and... Um, you know, thankfully he wanted me. You know, Chris Ballas didn't have a lot of money at the time, and uh, you know he, he tried he, he he tried to play a good brand of football as well. And at that time, Chris Ballas had no money, and we, we did kind of struggle in, in the beginning under George, really. Yeah, of course. I'm looking at the Palace team when you first joined. You know, David Wright um, joined you there as well during your time yeah. there. Um, but then yeah. you know you had Nathaniel Klein, of course, Wilfred Saha. He was progressing through it, and you know, former town player and Darren Ambrose was there as well. And yeah, Darren, you know, yeah. yeah, George, of course, got sacked. You know, halfway through, you know, his your time there, and Dougie Freeman came in. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Went for probably different styles because George has probably had a lot of probably young players, but weren't experienced in the championship and a bit naive, even with. Nathaniel and Wilfred there, you know, they're only coming through, so they're not the players that they probably are now, you know, because they've had a lot more experience. But at that time, you know, we, we were just losing, losing, losing games, and and uh, it, it it was tough, really, you know. And George tried to play a certain way, and we just weren't winning enough games. And then Dougie kind of came in, and Dougie was like, "Oh, of course, we just need to win a few games to kind of." build a bit of confidence and he was more of a structured approach and then brought in more more experienced older kind of players and played a very structured way which helped the younger lads like uh, Wilfred and uh, Yannick came through as well because you know from Bristol City he got released there so it's amazing how you see some people's career not wanted at a club and then all of a sudden now never went on to have great careers yeah, to, feel, to be fair, like Palace, they for me they've always had a, a decent team in terms of like you know the squad. I'm, I'm looking at different players here and just thinking like, wow, what they've done in, in their careers and stuff like that. And then there's another link with a town player with Jonathan Jonathan Parr. He went on yeah. to join town. You know, what's your memories of him? Did you get along with him? Yeah, Johnny came. I, I, I don't know what what club he actually came from or where where they kind of got from, but. You know, he was a very energetic player, you know. A, a, a funny story was that no one knew if he was left-footed or right-footed <laughs> and he, I, he never knew himself, really. And I always remember a kind of story when he, when we were in the Carling Cup semi-final where he came to me before one of the, before the penalty shootout and he was like, well, I, where, where should I go? Uh, and um, I was like, listen, just do whatever comes in your head, do what you want. And he said, no. I'm going to uh, hit the ball with my right foot to the left corner, and I went, "Yeah, okay. If you're you're happy with that, fair enough. You keep that, right?" And then I, I see him go up to go up to the penalty spot. He's taking the taking the penalty with his left foot, yeah. and then hits hit, hits it over the bar. <laughs> so uh, it was just it was mad because obviously you know right foot left foot. You know he's, he just remember saying I just I practiced both, so we never really knew because. He predominantly played left back, you know, yeah. and I can't can't remember him playing right back too much for for Ipswich either, really. Yeah. But but that's what that was his main position, left back, and he was he was a fit lad, you know, yeah. a very fit lad, yeah. you know, and done really well for for Crystal Palace. Yeah. Uh, just uh, just another cross former player that I mentioned, Darren Ambrose. You know, of course, did you did you guys speak much about Ipswich? Because you both came through the academy yeah. there. Yeah, no, no, yeah, we did. Not at the same time, back, of course, but yeah. Yeah, and then. Darren was at Ipswich when I was at Ipswich as well. Yeah. He came, he came on loan as well, 
and it's always kind of funny because I have Darren now on uh, um, or have him on Instagram yeah. and uh, you know he puts up puts up little clips of his career and and uh, he's you now he's scoring goals like from outside the box and whipping them in he must they scored unbelievable goals and then I'm kind of looking at my clips thinking he was a he-, he was a hell of a player you know what I mean <laughs> and he was you know, he, you know every time cutting in on his right foot and just scoring absolute absolute great goals really you know it's for for every club for Charlton for Newcastle uh, for Ipswich and Palace as well. I know we're talking about a lot of players here, but you know how good was Saha? Of course, you know he. He broke through and he did well for himself. Of course, now he's back at Palace after his spell at United. But how good was he? You know, up close and in personal and training and stuff. Yeah, he was very raw, raw as a young kid. You know, you, you saw he had a lot of ability and and you know one v one against players, he he was very good. And you know, I was a bit older there, and there was a few other older lads where it was kind of have to kind of keep on him saying. You know, because you see so many young lads at that stage where they have ability and you just don't know whether they're going to fulfil their potential, you know. And that was kind of frustrating with him where it was like, we know he could be so good, but at times he was kind of letting, I wouldn't say letting the team down, but not producing what he could on a regular basis. So the first couple of, year, well, first couple of years it was tough because one day he'd be good, next day he wouldn't. And obviously now when the team got promoted and he come in, he's found more experienced players, kind of helped him out and he's kind of gone on to the next level and he's a real fan favourite at Crystal Palace, you know, something that a lot of other bigger clubs are looking at him as well. Then, um, you know, then Ian Holloway came in and, um, of course, you know, he's known, he's got a great character and stuff like that. How was he, you know, as a manager? Yeah, he's a large-in-life character, really chatty, bubbly, you know, all the time, you know, and it was just kind of unfortunate because at that stage, uh, with Dougie, we had a very structured, very experienced, very hard-working team and everybody, and he kind of came in and he was really bubbly and chatty and the other lads were like, not really bubbly and chatty. Mm. We, we knew what we wanted to do, we knew how to play, we knew how to win games. And he wanted to change everything by playing really open, expansive football. But the, all the lads were there. Now we play this way, and we will win games playing this way. And the transition for him trying to change didn't work. And and in the end, he he said, "I'm just going to go back and play the other way because this is this this way suits you better. You'll win football games." And and then tried to change it again, and eventually, eventually. Um, left because of what he couldn't get his style to work with the group of players that we had then but then you know in in Holloway came in and of course you won via the playoffs um of course you've probably spoke about this multiple times but you know what was that experience like winning the semi-finals and then winning in the final of course you were hoping to do that at Rich Town but unfortunately yeah. you weren't able to but you did it at, at Palace and you know what's your memories from the the final uh, memory from the final was I remember during just during the game. I remember thinking we've had so many chances here. Second half, so, just somebody score. That kind of like yeah. we can't we we can't keep missing these chances. And I kind of thought I I thought this, this might not be our day because I remember Aaron Wilbraham had three or four great chances. And thinking, come on, you've got to score one of these. Uh, and then out of nowhere, obviously Wilf done really well and and enticed. Uh, on the Watford players to uh, tackle him inside the box, and then you know Kevin Phillips stepping up. Uh, you know I think he was four, probably forty yeah. at the time, scoring the win penalty, and was really happy for him because he said he he lost, he played three playoff finals and lost all three of them. Yeah. So uh, this was the this was the first time he won. So it was it was a great it was a great moment, you know. And um, when we did win, I don't think anybody really knew how to celebrate because they're running around the pitch then thinking. Where else do we run? Because you can't run into the stands. Yeah. You know, your, you know, your family are in there. But uh, no, it was great. I think I had 30, 30 or so people over, and just kind of like uh, it was good, good emotion. I say it was great, better day for them because the thirty of them celebrating and yeah. in the crowd and jumping and that. And while for me it was a hot day, I remember yeah. thinking the playoff finals always seemed to be the hottest day yeah. ever. You know, I preferred playing in the rain with a bit of bit of zip on the ball but uh, 
but again, it was all about winning. You know, you, yeah. you want you want to go there and you want you know you want to lift the trophy and uh, and that's what we did really. Yeah. How was it playing at Wembley? You know, I've got a ten eighty-two thousand fans in attendance. You know, that must have been a, a great experience for you as a player. You're like this is what you set out to do: is play in front of big crowds and you know get yeah. this to the stage. Yeah, it was, and then it, it's very funny because when you're in the tunnel or. You know, people say, "Oh, players don't get nervous now," but I could sense, I could sense both teams were nervous. Both teams didn't want to make a mistake, you know, and that's and that's coming from lads who have played careers in front now and playing thirty thousand. But when it, you know, even going up to Wembley, you know, bigger stadium, more people watching, there was a lot, a lot of nerves, and that's why it took us till the second half to kind of, you know, we kind of let loose and we played better, and that's eventually got over that really, but. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was it was it was a great day. That's what you get into football for to, to play these big games and, and win the big games. Must have been great for yourself as a plan. You know, now you're in the Premier League, and um, you know, did you get told anything about you know your role for the next season in terms of you know you know of course they're going to yeah. strengthen the squad and stuff, but you know. No, I, I, I remember kind of going in because I wasn't happy. Like, it wasn't just me. I wasn't happy with the, the discipline of. of Certain of of some of the players in the team, mm-hmm. you know, obviously not turning up to train, and obviously is is something that you can't really have with football clubs. Uh, and I got told I play fifty percent of the games uh, next season. So, which I don't know how managers work that out that you play fifty percent <laughs> of the games. But that, but that's listen. That's what I was told. Uh, and you know, obviously after the first two games, uh, I kind of went in to see the manager and said, "Listen, like." We need more discipline in the group. You know, we need lads. Not enough of the new lads turned up for the training in the afternoon, and he disagreed. He he thought they didn't have to turn up. I don't know for whatever reason he thought that some players had to train them on, some players didn't, and then we just had a big row because I thought that was kind of unacceptable, really, for a professional club, especially in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, and he didn't, and then he said. That's it. You're 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 cut, really, and yeah. that was really that was that was it. That was it. It came to a abrupt end, really. Then yeah. was that was that Ian Holloway or Tony Pulis? Yeah, okay. yeah, Ian Holloway. Yeah. yeah. Then of course Tony Pulis came in, and you know, did you have a you know? Of course, you went out on loan after that, but did you have much interaction with him? Yeah, he, he, he because of the way the rules were. Tony said, "Listen, I can't. I'm not able to play you because the last manager." cut you from the 25-man squad in the Premier League. So he said, listen, you've got to go out and on because I'm not able to play you because they're the rules. So I was like, either do I sit there and know that a manager, even if he wanted to play me, even if I score 20 goals in the reserves, he can play me, or do I go out and and uh, try to play some try and play some games? And in the end, after, be good to me after a little while, I thought, you know, I'm, I better go out and get my name back out there and try to play some football again. Of course, you joined Millwall and uh, a familiar face uh, brought you there. Yeah, <laughs> when he got when he got when he left Crystal Palace, he, he held a meeting. He apologised to me mm. uh, in front of everybody. He said I was completely right that people should be training in the afternoon, <laughs> uh, which didn't really mean a lot to me because you know I missed the chance to play in the Premier League something I wanted from a, from a young age but then you know obviously he apologised and he rang and said listen I've got the Millwall job will you come with me and you know we'll put put that behind us uh, and I didn't really I, 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 I you know Millwall was just around the corner I still could stay in the in the same uh, same place so I kind of begrudgingly went. I didn't really want to go, but I thought it was it was good for me to get back and playing in the stadium and, and, and playing championship football. And so I went there. I just I just got the squad up. You know, you're reuniting with um, Liam Liam Trotter and Ed was there as well. Yeah, Liam Trotter. Yeah, Liam mm-hmm. Liam was one of the lads in the U team. He kind of progressed late, late later in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and went on to you know do really well for himself and uh, you know obviously at Millwall as, as well he, he he done really well and same same with Ed Ed he had to go down the leagues and come back up and you know they all all kind of went around the country to make a living for themselves. 
And um, you had another loan spell this time, brief, but under another former manager and doggy Bolton. How does that? You know that must have been a a weird thing going all the way up to Bolton. You know you've stayed around this sort of you know the London area and you know Suffolk and stuff, but now moving up to Bolton, what was that like? Yeah, I thought I thought it'd be good for me because you know Dougie Dougie uh, when he was at Chris, when we had that really good run in the championship, you know he played me, he played me in a different role, something that I hadn't been used to, and the team were, were winning. So uh, he said, "Yeah, come up." At the time, uh, both of them were kind of both of them were kind of struggling as well, um, and he just he, he just said, "Listen, I, I need to get a few players in," and I said, "Yeah, you know, I, again, I I was back at Crystal Palace again, not able to play because of the rules." I was like, "Yeah, I'll come up," and you know, both of them were, were struggling at the time, and I think I only probably played maybe two, three games, and then Dougie, Dougie left, so that was kind of disappointing, and I, and then I decided I had a, had an injury in my knee. So I had to get get surgery and that, and that was the end of that season, really. I think you um you briefly popped up playing, I think training with with Town again uh, under Mick McCarthy. You know, did mm. was there anything at all going to happen there? Do you reckon, or was it just more? Yeah, it was... I, 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 yeah, I actually thought about that. It was the pro- I probably should have. I, I he gave me the option to go on loan for three or six months because I was training, you know, mm-hmm. and he said, uh, but. If I had my chance again, looking back at it now, I, I kind of thought, well, you know, I've got two years left. I'm coming from a Premiership club. Surely, you should want to sign me. Really, that was my attitude at the yeah. time. I was like, you should sign me on a regular, and I wanted a regular contract. And he said, oh, we can have you. We, we I'll bring you along for three months or six months. And my my, which I probably I probably should have said, yeah, I'll go, but. At the time, I kind of thought, no, that's you're not really committed to me, you know. I didn't feel like it was that, but now looking back, it, it, it was a regret. I should have went, I should have, I should have gone there for three months and played. Yeah, then, um, the next move, of course, was to, at Colchester, you know, once again close by, you know, Tony Humes is the manager there. I think he was one of your coaches back, back at town, I think, back in the day. Yeah, yeah, Tony, I knew him well, you know, he's a really nice guy, uh, and he was with the youth team there as well, and he got the Colchester job, and I, I, at that stage, I was kind of struggling, you know, mm-hmm. not a lot of clubs were coming in for me at that stage, every option I was kind of getting was abroad, and I was like, well, I'm, you know, I've never been, you know, America, Australia, all these places, and I was just like, I didn't want to go, to be honest. Yeah. I wanted to stay in England. Um, and then, you know, a lot, I, I remember looking at a lot of the players who were out of contract and I was thinking, these, some, these players have had a better career for me and none of these get clubs. Uh, so I kind of bit the bullet and just again kind of said, right, Tony, this will come um, uh, and play play for a while. And I enjoy I actually getting back playing and just kind of getting back on the pitch and it was really good and I really enjoyed the first six months under because the team were doing well. I was playing regularly again for that time, you know, and I knew it was the first team on the first name team sheet and uh, I really enjoyed the first six months. Yeah. Of course, you know, linking up with Darren again. Darren Ambrose was there as well. He was, of course, at the end yeah. of his career and stuff. Yeah, Darren was playing there as well and, you know, Darren always had that ability where you know, set pieces and scoring, scoring good goals. So it was good to kind of meet up with him again. Yeah. Wait, wait, you were, were you a captain at Colchester? I think you were. Yeah, I was captain Briefly. for a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and then things were going really well. I, I remember, I think we were seventh in the table, and I signed a new contract, and I got injured the next day, oh. uh, and then came back, and we were kind of we were fighting relegation, and ended up getting relegated that year from going from. Yeah, we're going to get promoted, signed a new deal, got injured. And then I came back and played probably the last seven or eight games, maybe, but just it didn't work out. The team went on an, on an awful, awful, awful uh, run of form. Must be difficult for you guys, you know, at that stage, you know, Tony left, and then I've got the list of the different managers or different instrument caretakers in, you know. I don't think the club actually properly appointed anybody. It was just more of the under-23s coaches or the reserve coaches sort of given the, the caretaker role. I think Kevin yeah. Keane or something. He's uh, he yeah. he got the job and stuff like that. But yeah. that must be hard for you as a as a you know experienced it, player. It, it was it was hard because you kind of look when I went 
you know, went there and then, you know, coaches have, you know, had no money and they were trying to bring in young lads that have never played in the in the football league and weren't good enough to play in the football league. They were always fighting and they were never going to go out and spend any money because they didn't have the revenue and the chairman wasn't putting in the money. So it was, you had to have a really great manager working miracles to do really well with the squad we had and that was kind of the real kind of frustration you're dealing with majority of the team are under 20 years old you had the old the older me and Darren and Chris Porter but under that a lot a lot of young lads and uh, it, you know it was hard because they were trying to make a career for themselves and and a lot of them didn't a lot of them have fallen out of the game yeah. there really of course you know you you saying when you were a kid you know 17 year old you know you didn't have all the social media and phones but you know of course now 10 years later you know, phones and technology is a massive thing in football now and social media, so you must have saw that a lot in the dressing rooms, people doing videos and selfies and stuff like that, and it must have been a bit difficult yeah, for you. Well, uh, to be honest, not, 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 not really when, when we were in the football. I don't mind doing it outside of, fo- yeah. outside of football, you know, but uh, I'm friends to Colchester as well, they, they, know, they had a policy of no phones in the building. Okay, that's good. Which was which was good, and it's hard to it's hard to say that's you know. But obviously, they were, they were young kids as well, so it was good. It was good for them as well. Uh, but again, I just don't think enough of them enough of them spent time on the train. I after training, a lot of them went home early um, and didn't weren't training and showing the coaches. Listen, I want to be a player, and I always remember there was only one player who wanted to be. He was an Ipswich player now, which was Kane Vincent Young. Yeah. But I always. He was the one that I always knew he wanted it the most. You know, uh, I didn't know, I don't know how far he's going to go and what level he's going to mm. get, but I always felt he's going to make a career in the game. It's just a bit of luck and how high he can go. And at the moment, thankfully, he got his move to Ipswich, and I still, you know, have a few people here go to the games and say, "Listen, he's done really well." Uh, he had a bad injury. had a bit of an injury, yeah. I think. Yeah, uh, so. And it was just, and as well, me and a few of the, the academy lads were, were, we were planning to get over a few weeks for the last last game of the season. We were saying we'll go over and watch it, yeah. hopefully be in the playoffs, you know. Yeah. And yeah. just unfortunately, we we're every week we're looking at them going, don't think we're going to get this <laughs> playoffs at the moment, yeah. uh, you know. So because you know they started off so well, but it was, you know slid down the table the last little while before this all kicked off. Yeah. Have you have you gone back to watching Ipswich games since you sort of you know, when you were at Colchester? Did you go and watch any games? Or anything yeah, like? I went to one or two games, and um, it was just unfortunate because I remember when I was breaking it when I was breaking in. I think the tens it was maybe twenty two, twenty three thousand, and the side were you know you know the top well top half of the table really, and now kind of going back when you're kind of maybe in League One it kind of felt a lot different to the time when I was there and I always think Ipswich is a club where it's gone a long time without success really and I'm waiting for that success to kind of come back and when it does it'd be great but at the moment it hasn't happened and we're looking forward to it I always think big clubs the success comes back around more often than not uh, same, same with Leeds as well. I'm always seeing Leeds are going to get promoted soon. They'll be back in the big time. Uh, and same with Ipswich. I just hope it, hope it goes that way for them. Yeah. Then um, you know your time at Colchester, of course, came to an end. And did you at that stage? You just felt you were just fell out of love with the football. You know, I've spoken to a few other players about you know just just is a moment in your just your life and your your career. You just go, I just don't want to do this anymore. You know, this is what you wanted to do all your life, but you just. Yeah, I wanted to do it, but I had to, again, yes, and I had got to weigh up things, as in, you're putting so much sacrifice into this, yet you're with other lads who aren't putting as in much, as much sacrifice, and don't, you, you can't see the hunger and desire in them, and football's a team sport, if you don't have other lads with you, and you're trying, then, it, 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 you know, you're not going to be successful, and, and in the teams where you want to be successful, and if, if I didn't think I was going to be successful, or I wasn't the group, um, 
I was like, well, what, what, I'm missing out on a lot of things, you know, I've been away from me, my family and all that for a long time, so I just kind of thought at that stage I didn't see enough from the people around me to, to warrant me staying there, really. Because, yeah. um, you know, you, it must be the bad thing about getting relegated, that must have affected you a little bit as well, just, you know, being part of a, a team, getting relegated to League 2, and now you're playing League 2 football, you know, no respect to League 2, but you must be thinking, I'm, I'm not yeah. being arrogant or anything, but I'm, I'm better than this, really. Yeah, you know, I always, I always thought, you know, I, I, I can, I can play in a higher level. And you've seen a lot of players over their careers that, you know, maybe started off Premiership and then ended up going down the leagues and then making their way back up, and had a sustained period of time, League One, League Two, and then having a good career, thirty, thirty one, and. And I, I just remember thinking at that stage, I don't know whether I can stay here for two, three years and that success might never happen again anyway. So it was again thinking, do I dig in for a long time? And, and I didn't, you know, I just, I didn't. And I didn't know whether it was going to come back around. And I just thought I'd been over there 12 years at this stage. So I just thought, no, I... I I, I better off coming home. So when when you sort of left Colchester, did you go straight back home, or did you sort of stick around and maybe see if you can find another club somewhere, or did you just feel no, no, yeah. went straight. No, that was it. I was halfway yeah. during the season. I remember just thinking, no, again. Yeah, I still get people to this day ringing me yeah. saying, "Do you want to play in Australia?" And I said, "I haven't <laughs> kicked the ball in three years." <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, but you can still do a job." And I was like, "Have you seen me? I haven't literally kicked the ball for a while." But and that's what people were saying to me. Listen, I've got this club, I've got that club, and I was just thinking, well, it's not, it's not in me at the moment. Do you know what I mean? I didn't have it in me to kind of go again because I want, I, I knew that I'd be with other players who, who didn't want it as much as me, and that, that, that really annoyed me. Really, yeah. I remember when, um, you know, I, I was a big fan of you when you, you know, coming through and when you joined Colchester and then I was like thinking, wow, you're at Colchester now. I thought, you know, hopefully you'll, you'll progress through, you know, come back up the leagues. And then I remember seeing you left there for personal reasons. I was thinking, oh, what was going on there? And, you know, and then, of course, you rocked up playing back in Ireland and stuff like that. Uh, in terms of, you know, were, your mental health and stuff, were you all OK that, that sort of wise? Or did you just feel like you just wanted to go home, you just fell out of love? Yeah, it was just the frustration. That yeah. was it. The absolute frustration that you know when I when I have when I play football and I look look at other footballers like all the footballers that I kind of like loved. But I don't know them as people. I just seen them on the telly. You know, obviously Jim Gilton was. You know, I loved the way his attitude towards the game. How passionate he was uh, when he whenever you watch Craig Bellamy, his type of attitude on the pitch when you watch. Suarez. Now I don't agree with everything Suarez does, yeah. <laughs> or or Diego Costa, but they're the kind of people where I think, even though they're outright some things that they're out of order, but you can see they're fully committed to what mm-hmm. they're doing, and they're all in type of way, and they're the people I kind of wanted to be surrounded with. And when I was with another team, I couldn't see that in anybody else, and that really annoyed me and frustrated. I think we're losing games, and you ain't getting angry. And you're laughing and joking and not turning up for training and doing this and doing that. And that 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 was the main thing thing and this means so much to me and I'm get it's affected me so much that I thought I can't do this anymore because they're not gonna change, you know what I mean? So I needed to go down a different road. Then um you, of course as I said you came back to Ireland and played for set pats. Did is that more just to keep fitness and just to play with you know? At the time, I thought again, maybe the lads back here, and this the same frustrations kind of happened again. I, I enjoyed it for a little bit, and then kind of thought again, I need these lads uh, with these lads. Some of them were like, "I'm just here for the pay packet. I just want to get my money and, and go home." And then, we, and they're telling you that, and you're the teammate, and you're thinking, "Well, I don't." You know what I mean? Uh, and then I can't do anything about it. I'm not the manager. I can't pick the team. I can't tell who 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 should be playing, who you should get rid of because you're a player at the time and you've got, that's not your job really, you know. So in the end, there again, I kind of thought, I'm again kind of surrounded, probably being too lucky kind of playing it if you've been with really, really good pros that 
that's what I expected from everybody. And unfortunately, when you kind of go down the leagues, you kind of you see things differently. Yeah. You know, you retired at 29, and you know you spoke to one of my colleagues um, about you know I know what you're up to now, but people who are listening who don't know what you're up to, you know, in those years, you know, what was your your plan? You know, what did you want to sort of do? You know, uh, what well, after football? Yeah. Well, I think everybody kind of has thoughts and, uh, you know, people say, will you go into coaching, will you go into management? And I've always kind of, it's always been in my head and, you know, and, you know, you always take the pros and cons and I do a little bit of coaching with some kids at some stage, you know, but at the moment, I just think I get, again, I think my frustration with other people trying to get, trying to get the best out, not seeing them work hard would be would would get would get to me too much because I know I'd put in the errors and I'd put in the scout and if the players didn't do the same, my emotions would get too much for me. So mm-hmm. um I've kind of only done it with kids at the moment, yeah. young kids because you can see, you know, eight, nine years old they're just out they just enjoy the game yeah. and just just doing that more for like enjoyment rather than doing it at a professional stage. So uh, no, that's it. We just do that the odd time. If one one of my friends says, "Listen, yeah, help me out," but nothing, nothing too serious at yeah. the moment. What what are you up to nowadays? What what's your keeping you? Oh oh well, uh, the family business was always in insurance. Mm. You know, my yeah. dad set up something forty years ago, and two of my brothers worked there. And when he came home, he was like, um, you know, I think I think it is hard because people expect, oh, uh, like you you played football. Uh, you know, and I'm thinking, well, you've got to do something, you know, you're 29 years old, people just expect you not to do anything, so, and you don't want to be just sitting at home doing nothing, because I've seen a lot of players struggle after their careers, and they're like, I just sat home and played Xbox, and I said, well, you can't really do that every day, so you have to go out into the world and, and get a job, and, you know, and luckily enough, there was a job there with the family, and I was with, with, with my family that I hadn't seen for 12 years as well, so... And uh, and it keeps you keeps you busy, keeps you occupied, and you know, and that's that's what I do. And it was tough in the beginning because you're going from, you know, playing in big big stadiums and having a lot of adrenaline, and then you're kind of then going to a nine to five. But you know, that kind of that kind of eases over over time, really. What did you you know? What was the conversation? You know, I know it's personal to you, but you know, with your dad, you know, speaking to your dad about it, you know, you must have had a, a chat with him about retiring and stuff like that. You must have like you know. Yeah, no, he, he says. He said uh, him and the, the mother kind of was like, we, we enjoyed watching the game so yeah. play for another 10 years. Yeah. I don't think it was anything to do with me, you know, enjoying it. It was more like he enjoyed the day out and going and watching the games and meeting up with old pals and getting the flight over and doing everything, you know. Uh, even now, he, st- he still thinks I, he still thinks I should play, you know, and it's a bit kind of like I've had my time, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but now, he, again, he said, listen, if you want to come and and work uh, with with, uh, with the family, then yeah, you know, keep yourself busy, and that's what I did. Yeah. You know, you know, I'll try to bring your age up. You're 32 now, so what's the what's the plans for for yourself in the next few years? No, very very much the same. Very yeah. low key. Not you know, I think you know, people say they miss the excitement of football. Where do you get the adrenaline and excitement from? And I've been lucky in that way because some people never have got that. You know, adrenaline of coming out at three o'clock when the music's going and and you're winning football games. You know, and uh, the odd time you think oh, I would want that back, but you know your career has to end at some stage. So at the moment, it's just going to be just working away with the family and uh, and enjoying enjoying time with them. Really perfect. Well, oh, and thank you very much for your time. I don't want to take too much more of your time your evening, but uh, that was that was fantastic. It was great chatting to you, mate. Yeah, good man. All right, see you. Ross. See you later. Have a good one. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.